The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. America, welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten of the Core Wednesday on Sons of Liberty. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. If you go over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com, you can scroll down on the right side of the page if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio. And there are two videos there. The second one <clears throat> is a live stream we have in the morning. You can see that that's going uh, even now, just click on it, and uh, you can even click on the little link there and join in the chat uh, with those who are online with us right now. And then also above there uh, is the 3 p.m. show, Eastern Time, with Bradley. He comes on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You don't want to miss that. And then also right above the videos there, the live streams, is a place where you can support us by putting in your email. We don't rent it, we don't sell it, we don't spam it, we don't do any of that stuff. You get one email a day, it tells you the articles that we have from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and we are very happy if you would share those articles as much, as much as you can. We know everybody's being censored. If you're putting out truthful content that goes against the corporate-owned, CIA-controlled media, uh, and, and the social media types, <clears throat> and so the more information that can be gotten out, the better, okay? And that's a way you can support us. If you'd like to support the message that you hear on Sons of Liberty, not only on the radio, not only on the internet, but out among the people across the country, go to sonslibertymedia.com. There's a donate button right at the top of the screen. You can click on there and you can donate as the Lord would have you to give. We don't want you to go in debt over that. We're not begging for money. We do have needs. And so we trust that uh, the Lord provides through his people uh, as they see fit to donate and support us. And also, if you would like to become a monthly partner, we call you a son or daughter of liberty. You can become a son or daughter of liberty by clicking that link on Sons of Liberty Media as well. And if you don't want to donate, but you want to pick up something from the store, we have the store there that gives us some support as well. And we're very appreciative of that. Now, Wednesdays, <clears throat> again, a lot of people want to drop off. This is very, 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 very important. The way we are being defeated is not what you see on television. 
that's some of it. I'm not denying that there's there's some of the WWE match that works to defeat us. Okay, not not denying that at all. The way we're being defeated is through our children. God told the people, I continuously say this in Deuteronomy 6, he says, you're to have his commands in your heart and you're to teach them to your children diligently. And so we used to do that as America. I've done several articles on that showing you our history at the time of the War of Independence and before then, the literacy rate was great. Um, We compared with anybody in the world and, and surpassed them, actually. Uh, in lit- and the literacy rate. And that was largely due to the family reading the Bible in the morning and at night. And that's primarily where that came from. So with that said, uh, we come to Rotten to the Core Wednesdays, and we're dealing with a subject that has biblical instruction for parents, but also the constitutional instruction to government to stay out of the issue of education because we don't give any authority to do that. So some of you are probably scratching your head going, the unconstitutionally of safely reopening schools? How can that be? We need schools open. I, I know some parents are just, we need the schools open and stuff. Um, so to hear, here to help me talk about that is our Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, we're going to be talking about this subject. By the way, something for Lynn and people in North Carolina. Tomorrow we're going to have former uh, gubernatorial candidate Al Pisano, and um, I believe he is running for the Senate seat, U.S. Senate seat. We had him on as well, Kevin Hayes. They're going to be joining me as they're pushing to impeach Roy Cooper, the governor there in North Carolina. So you guys don't want to miss that show. I just want to throw that out there to you, Lynn, because, uh, you know, you're in North Carolina. I know you'll probably want to get behind that as well. So what do you, what do you, got, on, what do you got on tap for us today? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, let me just say that um, the Department of Education has decided that not only are they going to continue to abuse the billions and billions of dollars of taxpayer money in the name of COVID relief, but they are now, Tim, so caring about you and your family and your town that they have issued a 26-page guidance document on how to safely reopen our schools during COVID. Now, while that may not sound bad, it's what's in those 26 pages, and it's what the details are that you find out, okay, this isn't just about school. This is not just about COVID. This is about control, data mining, and undermining our Constitution. Yep, that's exactly what it is. All right, so <clears throat> just the fact that there is a Department of Education, as we've talked about so often, is unconstitutional. They're not listed in the Constitution. No authority has been given there. The Ninth and Tenth Amendments are clear in that whatever we authority we didn't give to the feds, they don't have. They've been usurping it for decades. Um, representatives and senators have pushed this. Presidents can have can pushed it. And, yes, Donald Trump pushed it, wh- whatever you think, folks. Uh, and we've had the history to where conservative presidents like Ronald Reagan was the one who set up the agreements with the Soviets to do education the way we're doing it, and that's undeniable. That's not the Democrats. That was the Republican side of it. So we've got those kind of things. What are they looking to do now? Now, I'll tell you this, and somebody hit on it in the chat, Lynn. Mm -hmm. They said they're going to open this up so that they can then begin to force the vaccine, these 
vaccinations on the children, uh, just like they do these other things, uh, these other vaccines that they want to fo- uh, force on the kids. I'm wondering, is that part of what you're going to be talking about here, too? Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Okay, okay. we will get there. But let's start with the yep. press release. Sure. So if you'll show folks the press release, this came out just a few days ago, I believe it was. And um, okay, now, is this the first is this the first one? No, it's the, the one right below it. It says the U.S. Department of Ed's press release. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking is this one. We'll see. That would be it. Okay. okay. Now, <laughs> look at the date on it. February 12th. Okay. So, just, um, you know, a few days ago. Now, they've got a, the first volume is out. That's one we're going to look at today. The second volume, though, that is supposed to be coming out is going to be one that when it does, you and I will be going over that with a fine-tooth comb because it's all about the mental health, the positive behavioral supports, the social and emotional learning that we have spent countless hours going over how detrimental all that is because what those do is they are set up in our schools through the Every Student Succeeds Act under Title I funding to label every school that receives public funding or federal funds or state funds. Now, I'm not telling you what type of school because there are several types of school that receive those types of funding. But every school under the Every Student Succeeds Act that receives any kind of public funding, Tim, was turned into a quasi-hospital for the medicalization overreaches that we're now seeing come to fruition under COVID. And this particular guidance, if you will, is just going to further cement that. Now, here's what I want to point out about anytime the Department of Education issues what they call guidance or recommendations. It turns out to be de facto rule is what happens. And we have seen this happen, not just with COVID. We have seen this happen with uh, civics. We've seen it happen with health. We've seen it happen with sex education. We've seen it happen with um all kinds of things, you know, supposedly Common Core was only supposed to be in English and in math, BS and horse hockey. It's in every subject. Right. So we've got all these things that are being, it's absolutely amazing to me that they have to write a handbook and not just one, but two of them. They have to Mm -hmm. write two handbooks. Now, folks, this first one's only 26 pages on a PDF, but the fact they have to write a handbook uh, about safely reopening elementary and secondary schools. Uh, oh, no, strat- this is to higher education, too. Okay, all right. Well, I'm just I'm reading off of what the title is here. Right. But for them to, to do this and to tell the, the, the parents and the states how to safely reopen elementary and secondary schools, I mean, does anybody else get the idea that the Department of Education thinks they're mom and dad to mom and dad? Oh, of course, they're mom and dad to mom and dad. How many shows have we done, Tim, where we have said they're coming in, even at the state level, and 
coming into your home under the guise of, well, you know, Johnny and Susie are not engaged enough at school. What are you doing wrong here at home? And, oh, we're from the government and we're here to help. Now, in this particular press release, these were the most glaring notes that I found. And we're going to have all these links so that if you want to go back and read the press release or look through the 26 pages or any of the other things that we have, we'll have those in the archives. But, excuse me, the Department of Education and the CDC, Tim, are providing these recommendations and considerations based on the latest scientific evidence. It includes all school-related activities, services, supports, and programs. So this is the blanket that they need to go from outside the school and into the community. And how many times, Tim, have we talked about what Charlotte Iserbite and Anita Hogue have been telling us for years about these wraparound services? And the service programs are called, I call them WASPs because it stands for Wraparound Services and Programs. And in volume two, not only will they go into the social and emotional um, abuse, they'll go into mental health overreaches. They'll go in further into the updating technology, but they're going to go into nutrition and food to your family, as well as extend learning time, which is fancy talk for increasing the amount of, of time that is in school, like year-round school or school from sunup to sundown. And who have we heard champion that before? Senator Lamar Alexander. Now, he may be retired from Congress, but the damage that that man has done still lives on. Yes, it does. And uh, we used to cover quite a bit, not only on this show, but when I was uh, with Freedom Outpost, one of the things that we covered, I constantly had some ladies who were writing <clears throat> from Tennessee, and they were constantly mm-hmm. uh, just exposing Lamar Alexander left and right as one of the most corrupt people who were in con- who was in Congress. And specifically on the issue of education. So, yeah, right. I agree with you. Um, he is a, he's right. a man who should really have to answer because mm-hmm. a lot of the things he's pushed, uh, you know, some people may think this, this is a little extreme, but I, I think it borders on treason because of the undermining of the Constitution and the liberties of the people and the things that he pushed. That, that's what, that's what well, I would say. It was a long-term truth. the families as well. Yes. Yep, it and, sure you does. know, we've known this, we've known the government's been, you know, anxious to do that for a long time. But also in this press release for volume one, it talks about universal masking, social distancing, and creating pod environments in our existing schools, and then creating pods in our communities. And I don't remember exactly when it was, Tim, but you and I did a show on the encroachment of home education with the the pod system, if you will, and how dangerous that is. So that's just the one press release. If you get into the 26-page document, so if you'll go there now, okay, there it is, 26 lovely pages. Now, in this particular document, Tim, they're going to tell you that the CDC has recommended a four-color system uh, scale for COVID awareness or infection, if you will, okay? If it's a low rate, it's blue. If it's a moderate rate, it's yellow. If it's substantial, it's orange. And if it's high, it's red. 
Um, the requirement of universal masking is point number two, and then it even goes into what you're going to have to do for those with special needs who cannot have that mask on them. It's going to go into the fact of, well, you know, if you do all these uh, things that we've been telling you to do, you might not need to vaccinate, but then the document between this particular one of the Department of Education and the one for the CDC, somewhere in both of them, they contradict each other when it comes to who gets the vaccination and how soon. You know, one of the things that is striking me here, and I've got two reports that I'm going to have out today. One of them we'll probably talk about just in a little bit when you bring up the issue of vaccines. But they, you talk about they <clears throat> want to use the latest scientific evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things you're talking about is masking. So I'm assuming, I haven't got to look at these yet, but I'm assuming that what they're going to say is all the kids going back to school have to wear at least one mask, maybe two, maybe three, four, five, you know, however many we can go on until the oxygen level is depleted completely. Um, They don't say where they get this scientific evidence, do they? No, but we know exactly where it's coming from. I mean, you have the, if you look at the CDC's um, document, it tells you. But it's not going to tell you when the education one. Now, some of the things that we need to remember that you and I have done shows on, Tim, is that we have legislation from the current Congress, which is the 117th, where we are going to have to use federal funds to go in and update everybody's HVAC system, because after all, COVID travels through the air. Um, But we've also, and you and I have talked about this, where the federal government wants to come in and now control asthma and allergies in all the schools that receive uh, federal funding. And again, this is taking away the parents' responsibility to help their children manage asthma and allergies, because I can I can bet you those families know way better than the school what to do for Johnny and Susie's asthma or allergies. Right. Well, the thing, <clears throat> the thing that I was going to say was, Mm-hmm. Their scientific data that they put out is a farce too. For instance, right. just this just this uh, week, we had the report coming out of the CDC: double masking for dummies. You remember, Fauci said you need to wear two two masks, even though there's no evidence that that works. And the CDC said, oh, well, we'll just come up with, quote unquote, scientific data. Now, Paul warned Timothy people, I'm telling you, he warned him about science falsely called. Okay, this is what this is. The CDC provided scientific data for double masking by using dummies, literally dummies, crash test dummies. That's what I want to say. And they didn't prove that they actually worked. What they did was they just made sure that they were snug and, you know, the the whole thing reeks of a lack of science, if you ask me. And then there are two reports. I'm going to try to get these out today. The CDC coming along and saying masks do not prevent anything. They don't stop anything. And then they change it within two months. I think it was December the 18th. It was good that they were saying that now they're now they're pushing this whole mask is it's good for protecting people and uh, even double masking because we've tested it on dummies so you can trust us dummy <laughs> i mean that's that's what i see <laughs> 
Well, in the introduction for this 26 page report, so if you'll go back to that, please, for just a couple of minutes, because I know we have a lot to cover today. In the introduction, Tim, you're going to see President Biden's uh, executive order is mentioned, and that's Executive Order 14000, dated January 21st, 2020. And I gave the link for that. And in the opening line of that executive order, Biden says, I have the constitutional power to ensure everyone gets a high quality education. Where? Where was that in the Constitution? Uh, yeah, I don't remember that being in there. Okay, he's not the first one to do it, and we know that. We have reported on every president who has overreached in education since Lincoln, but especially Johnson and to present date. But yeah, that particular executive order is quite damaging to more than people want to realize as far as not only how he's going to run education in the name of his constitutional uh, authority or lack thereof, but all the policies he's going to be setting into place, Tim, to make this happen. You know, Lynn, Um, this is what every president starts out with. By the authority vested in me, and this is the words that she's talking about, folks, as president, by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, none of them invest any of this authority, that he, this pretended authority that he's about to state. To ensure that students receive a high-quality education during the coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19 pandemic, and to support the safe reopening and continued operation of schools, child care providers, Head Start programs and institutions of higher learning. It is hereby ordered as follows, and here's his orders. But he's saying he has authority by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, which are supposed to be in line with the Constitution. Article 1 gives those 18 to 21 things, depending on how you break them down, that Congress can write law on. And here's Joe Biden saying that, and I'm going, I'm saying the same thing I'm saying I said with Trump, with I, that I said with Obama, that I said with Bush, that I said with Clinton, and that is. Guys, the Constitution gives you a one job, and that job is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. And since there is no law, there's no authority that's been given to the federal government to deal in this area of, of uh, education, then the obvious question is, where are you pulling this from? Will you cite article, section, and clause for us? Guys, this is impeachment stuff. I, I don't understand why people don't get it. This is a violation of the Constitution, plain and simple, Ann. Well, it's again, it's the de facto rule. And we've talked about this. We've talked about the Hegletarian dialect. We have talked about so many ways that this is coming at us. But also in that executive order, and I have it here in my notes, Head Start, early Head Start child care centers, even if you aren't sending your children to the public schools, and if you're using these particular programs in your community, it's going to hit you. The IES, which is the data, the student data raping arm of the U.S. Department of Education, Biden mentions them in his executive order because they're going to be tasked with the data tracking of all the students who have covid not just in your schools, but in your communities, as well as the Department of Health and Human Services. He's going to involve the Department of Education Civil Rights Arm, the Federal Communications Commission. 
He's also going to tie every bit of this back to the newly created unconstitutional office in the executive branch that reports directly to him. It's called the COVID Response and Council Office. Okay. All right. Now we got some we got some questions and guys and I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and throw this in here because uh, I'll forget it if I don't. <clears throat> but a question is, well, what do we do to stop it? I don't think the issue is the answer is going to come from D.C. I think the answer is going to come from the states. We have got to get local governments. And when I say local, I'm not talking about the state itself, but I'm talking about the local governments that we have, city and county. We have got to start speaking to those people and educating them on the fact that there's no authority that comes from the feds. We need to stop taking the government cheese. That is education money. We need to stop that. We need to start cutting off all the things. Then we need to start working at the state level to nullify every law that has anything to do with education out of it. That's a long-term thing. It's not going to happen overnight. I I grant that. I wish it would. Yeah, there's no knee-jerk solution here. But, you know, had we been doing our job well before now, we would not have this mess. But I want to go back to the 26-page document because on point number four, this is where they're going to come in with the vaccine, okay? If you'll get down to point number four and then enlarge that for folks. All right. Is this where I'm at here? I'm trying to find out what page I need to be on. I do apologize. I didn't write down the page number for number point number four, um, but it's going to be mentioning the FERPA, which is the Family Education Right to Privacy Act. As we have been over this time and time again, Tim, FERPA as it exists right now does nothing to protect your family in the name of education for any sort of right to privacy. Okay, the pupils, um, the PPRA, that stands for the pupils rights in education, does nothing. And you want to know why? Because President Obama gutted the the protections to protect families in the name of education during his administration when Biden was vice president. Okay, now. This comes in to tell you they're going to collaborate with local public health officials in compliance with applicable privacy laws. This is where I I would urge you, if you have a group of like-minded people, find a constitutional lawyer and go after this because you have U.S. Code 20. Um, and we've been over this several, several times, Tim. It's U.S. Code 20, 1232A, where it prohibits any sort of federal intrusion into education, including health care and privacy. OK, so that would be where I would tell you to, to start. All right. But it goes on to tell you that they've got ways they can communicate with all families about the symptoms, checking the policies and tools uh, for students and teachers and staff who get a positive test or diagnosis of COVID. All right. What do we need to do? Then it goes on to tell you collaboration with the local public health officials should also include decisions regarding any prioritization for vaccines. Yeah, and I I want to remind everybody of something. Dr. Fauci has has mentioned that he believes these these vax these alleged vaccines. I'm going to show you something in a moment 
some of you people already are aware of it, but I'm going to show you from their website, these are not vaccines at all. And they say so, it's not a vaccine. But he's talked about pushing this into um, the schools and making it mandatory uh, in, in the opening of schools. Let me show let me show people this real quickly, and then I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Sure. This is from Moderna. This is from Moderna. This is their m their mRNA platform enabling drug discovery and development page here. Okay, this is for the COVID vaccine. Listen to what they call their vaccine. Okay, listen to what they call it. We built Moderna on the guideline principle that if using mRNA as a medicine works for one disease, it should work for many diseases. And if this is possible, given the right approach and infrastructure, it could meaningfully improve how medicines are discovered, developed, and manufactured. Our operating system, our operating system, that's what they're calling these injections, Recognizing the broad potential of mRNA science, we set out to create an mRNA technology platform that functions very much like an operating system on a computer. It is, it is designed so that it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs. In our case, the program or app is our mRNA drug, the unique mRNA sequence that codes for a protein. Uh, they go on and they call it the software of life, our, MN, our mRNA medicines, the software for life. I'll have this link up so you guys can check it out. But <clears throat> this, and it's experimental. It's experimental. It's not been approved. And yet, here, here they're already laying the groundwork, aren't they, Lynn, for mandatory va- COVID vaccines? I mean, that's what I see them doing is laying the groundwork for mandatory COVID vaccines, despite the fact they have never been approved. They've not been proven to stop anything. In fact, what we're seeing is people dying after they take the stupid thing or they're getting adverse effects by the thousands. We, we've, we've talked about those reports as well. Right. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, also, um, after the FERPA point, you're going to see that they're going after the school sports. In other words, we're going to start limiting what sports can be played, how many can play, where they're played, which, again, is going to impact not only those who are in the on those teams but let's say you live in a state where you have umbrella schools where they offer some of these to homeschoolers that's going to impact them as well so now we're looking at okay we've got supposedly a loss of learning which means we have to increase the amount of school time that johnny and susie go to school or have access to those particular learning services which we know when they're all online tim the algorithms data mine the stuffing out of them and slot them into social and emotional learning categories. But also on page 21, you're going to see yet again that Every Student Succeeds Act lovely sentiment of student and family engagement and how wrapped around is the community in your family to what's going on. Um, You're also going to see on page 25, this is, this is what is so absolutely stupid to me on page 25, okay? The Department of Education felt that they just had to give us a legal disclaimer to this entire document. 
All right, let's let's hear what's in the legal disclaimer here. <laughs> okay. This document contains resources that are provided for the user's convenience. The inclusion of these materials is not intended to reflect their importance, nor is it intended to endorse any views expressed or products or services offered. These materials may contain hypertext links, contact addresses. Oh, wait a minute. I I skipped a line. These materials may contain the views and recommendations of various subject matter experts, as well as hypertext links, contact addresses, and websites to information created and maintained by other public and private organizations. The opinions expressed in any of these materials do not necessarily reflect the positions of policies of ed, Ed does not control or guarantee the accuracy, relevance, timeliness, or completeness of any outside information included in these materials. Okay, okay, I got to stop. So if this is the case, there's no if. Okay, since this is the case, why in the name of all that is holy do they even have this document in the first place? Well, they got to justify their existence. They got to spend some money on creating these handbooks and they got to give, you know, government people jobs. Um, I mean, this is part of the economy, don't you know? I mean, that's oh, why. Yeah. They, but but that's that's just the surface thing. The other thing is to push an agenda. You know that as well as I do. That's why you're bringing All it right. on here. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's just from the Department of Ed. If you want to go over to the CDC's document. Now, their document is only um, a few pages. It's not near as long as 26 pages, all right? But they're using the word mitigation. Now, if you don't know what mitigation is, that means to make it less severe, okay? And in this particular document, Tim, you're going to see that color-coded system, okay? You're also going to see that any school, any school, that wants to participate in reopening, they have to get a paper that is called a clinical lab experimental amendment. All right. They have to get one of those to qualify as a healthcare agency for not only COVID uh, masking, social distancing pods, but vaccinations as well and testing for COVID, okay? This, again, is backing up that quasi-hospital certification that every student succeeds at embedded with Title I funding. And it wasn't just to label Johnny and Susie with all kinds of social and emotional learning disabilities or overlook or uh, overstep into mental health. It was to help provide these wraparound services for not only Johnny and Susie, but everyone in your community. So now I'm going to be able to have my school, no matter what type of school it is, go make an, go get an amendment to be approved by the Department of Education or the CDC or maybe both to say, yeah, let's turn our school into a testing site. If you're concerned about it being in your school and you're going to turn it into a testing site, you're kind of killing one bird. You're, you're not killing two birds with one stone. You're opening up Pandora's box. Yeah, of course. Of course. Some of these things that they have on here, you, you made mention of, uh, but you didn't make mention of this one. 
contact okay. tracing in combination with isolation and quarantine in collaboration with the health department. That's mm-hmm. under there as well. Uh, that mm-hmm. one that one is the one that really concerns me because now you're starting to get into the very specifics of who who children or who teachers are tied to in their families. And then now that's going to start affecting people who aren't even a part of that system. They're not even a, mm-hmm. they, they're not even a part of it. Um, right. And most people have forgotten through these updates you're getting on your phones or your computers or whatever, and they're putting the contract tracing in that. You need to make sure that stuff's gone. And in fact, um, as much as possible, I, I mean, if I could take this thing right here and I could chuck it and not pay for it and not have to use a phone, I'd do it. I, I really would. Uh, unfortunately, I have to have it for communication and I know right. many of you have to have it, but if you don't have to have it, go back to one of those simple little phones that that are dumb phones. They're actually the <laughs> smartest phones you can have. They're actually the smartest phones you can have. But that's part of it. Then the, the masking, the social distancing. I mean, guys, <clears throat> I put up a post last night. Um, there was a simple thing on the whole idea of the masking. And I think this is very important when it comes to the children, but it talked about the Arabs used the face mask, the face covering to cover the nose and the mouth uh, over the women long before Islam came, you know, came along. And uh, one of the things was, was that as they developed that, that was a submission thing. It has a way of breaking down in the psyche of the person who's having their face covered up that they're basically uh, non-existing as an individual because of this, you know, if you don't have a face, then you're really not a, a person. And so what? this is a dehumanizing of the people, and they're they're targeting our children with that. They've targeted the adults. They've seen the adults be a bunch of dummies, a bunch of sheeple. I'm, there's no nice way to say that. Sticking on masks of any kind, I see them wearing bandanas. I see them trying to make themselves look cool with little designs on their muzzle and all this other stuff. And now they're going to target it as an indoctrination of your children. Well, if you'll notice in that CDC document, it says universal. Yep. So this is not just for schools. We knew that. But one of the things that I wanted to point out, okay, you've got states that are you know, taking matters into their own hand, whether they're handling it like you think they should or not, but it's so inconsistent. This is why Ed and the CDC have decided, oh yeah, we're going to work together on this because after all, you're too dumb to think your way out of a paper bag and oh, we know so much more. So here, here's what you're going to have to do. And again, they, they use language like recommendations and guidelines. And you know, I can tell you as, as long as DeVos was at the helm of um, Department of Ed, the countless number of documents that she came out with that same language. Well, Cardona, I believe that's his name, who's now in office, is doing the same thing. But one of the things in that particular CDC document, Tim, is they start using the phrase health equity, because after all, we're not being fair about who gets treated and who doesn't. Now, here's one thing that the government does with that word equity, okay? Equity is a financial term. 
equality is what they should be using, but they're not. And the reason why they're using equity is because it is, again, tied back to the economic control and overreach into education and health care. You know, it's, it's incredible, Lynn. We aren't getting uh, the people in here this morning who are calling us commies and liberals and all this stuff, who are doing it when we were pointing out the Trump administration was setting all this stuff up in the first place. Yeah. But, but the message doesn't change. No authority for any of this stuff. All this stuff you're exposing are clear violations of the law, and there needs to be some justice brought against it. And I'm telling you, people, I know you don't want to hear it, the way to do it, we're seeing going to D.C. does you nothing. All you guys rallying up, rallying up there, take that energy, harness it, and use it in your states. You're not accomplishing anything up there. Do it in the states. Nullify all this stuff in the states. Start dealing with your representatives and your senators at the state level saying, wait a minute, they said they were going to uphold the Constitution. They're voting this way. They're doing these things. Use the Freedom Index. I mentioned that the other week. Most of these people up there have a terror. They would have a failing score, 70 or below, in their voting record. Hold them accountable to the law at the state level. Start imposing justice on any of those guys who want to take the handouts from the lobbyists and all this other stuff and start nullifying the laws and start imposing uh, interposition there within those laws to start arresting these people, feds who want to try to come in and, uh, and impose them, and also to deal with the criminal representatives who are not representing the people according to the law, but according to whoever's paying them the most money. Uh, we've got to get on top of that. And I know there are some places where that's happening on certain issues. This education issue, this has to be cut off. It, but everybody gets sentimental and emotional, Lynn, because they go, but it's for our children. You're not against educating children, are you? No, we're not against educating children, but we are against indoctrinating them. And we are against the government having a say-so in how we educate our kids. Well, here's what this whole entire mess sets up, Tim, okay? Now, I've got some warrior friends down in Florida. They just did an interview near Tampa about how DeSantis is not handling things too well in their view of what all is going on with the, you know, the schools being open and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's their, that's their freedom of speech exercise to do. But here's one of the things that we, that we um, agree on. If the state is not going to do it, that's going to let or if the state's not handling it the way in which you feel it should be done, that's up to you, as you just said, to handle it locally. But what's happening is that the federal government is seeing that not all the states are doing what they want. So this is the perfect foundation for coming in and taking over where the federal government has no business. And those warrior friends like I have in Florida will find that if they think things are bad now, it's only going to deteriorate even more once that happens. So we have to be very, very careful um, in going forward, because you've got some people who support uh, reopening, you have some who are against it. And, you know, there, is, there are valid reasons on both sides, but we cannot let this foundation be laid. We absolutely cannot. Now, one of the things that I want to point out about this volume one, okay, there are six key points that I pulled from this particular 
um, announcement, if you will. All right. First of all, we have the educratic COVID relief uh, in the billions for the federal overreach into education, into our homes and communities. Again, Remember, if your state isn't doing what you think it should, or it might be doing what you should, look at how far down the pike they're willing to go to come into your home or your community. All right. All the wraparound services that are involved with all this. Okay. You have the relationship with healthcare, especially under the guise of FERPA's supposed protection, which includes the massive data mining that are embedded in all of these things. They're using the supposed lack of internet access as a segregation to justify the needs for updating everyone's access to computers, because again, we need to be tracked. And that's going to go not only into the academic assessments, but now the COVID assessments for your health. It sets up the nanny state government family as, oh, we're concerned and we care so much about you that we're not only going to clothe and feed you now, we're going to educate you and medicate you. And then lastly, there are 11 future needs that the Department of Education wants to interfere in. But before they do, Tim, they want the public to weigh in and comment by March the 15th of 2021. And in that 26 page document, they give you the email address to do just that. So if you're like my friends in Florida and you have public comments that you want to make, go ahead and make them. But just remember, we're working with a government that loves to Delphi us to death. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And there, there's, you know, there's a couple of things, um, a couple of comments I'm just reading as you're, as you're uh, speaking, people in the chat room. Um, Kathy says that, that the masks have taken her independence. Uh, she has a hearing loss and depends on lip reading. If you, she can't read lips if, if they're covered. So now she's dependent upon something else. Thank you for that comment, Kathy. And then uh, somebody else made a, a thing for homeschool. Jennifer, thank you for the comment that you had. Uh, you'd be amazed at how long it takes to homeschool. I want, I want to bring people solutions, too. I know you do, too. You're exposing mm-hmm. the evil that's going on there, the lawlessness of all of this. But there's got to be solutions, too. And one of the things, uh, you know, Jennifer points out, and she's as exactly right. You can attest to this, too. Homeschooling takes two to three hours a day for kids seventh grade and under. Actually, even when you get older, some of it takes less than that uh, for them to do. It depends on, it depends on the child, how, how quickly they learn, how fast they do their work. Uh, some of them will spend more time on it than others and even go ahead and further. And so they're not bound by whatever the teacher's doing that day. They can push on. There's free time to where they can pursue the passions that God has given them for whatever it is, art or music or a business or whatever they want. They've got all that time open up to where they can pursue those things instead of, you know, being locked away in a cement block building that looks like a prison for eight or nine hours with uh, agents of the state indoctrinating them. I, I So I want to encourage people in that, that along the way, while we're showing you the problems from this, there are solutions and you can do it. I want to encourage parents, you can do it. Don't think that you can't do it. Other parents have felt just like you. You can do it. The children are your responsibility, not the state's, and you can do it. And there's many of us who are more than happy to come alongside you and to encourage you and to give you pointers um, and things like that to to help you do it if that's the road you want to go down. And I, I would encourage everybody listening 
do that with your own kids. I understand the law of the every student succeeds. It puts it on homeschoolers and all that, but they don't know what's going on in your home. <laughs> and, uh, well, and, and, and that's you need one to of the danger. That. Yeah. That's one of the dangers though, of this big foundation is if they don't know what's going on, they're now giving you blanket justification for, yes, we do need to know what's going on. So absolutely. If you can, can homeschool in, in any way that you can uh, try to do it as much offline as you can, because again, these computers will track, especially if you sign up for courseware, they will track what you're doing. Um, it was just exposed a couple of days ago that um, the, I believe it is one of the college entrance exams is now requiring that every student who wants to take this online assessment so they can get into college now has to provide over the internet, Tim, picture ID and personal information that is not supposed to be released over a computer. And, you know, we know why it's to be tracked. So yes, protect your family as much as you can, but do know the reason why we bring this stuff up is because if you are choosing to protect your family in any shape, form, or fashion, these are the ways your government is going to try to get around it so they can get to you because that is the goal. Otherwise, why would they have said just K through 12 schools? No, this is meant for higher education as well. And this is not just for the students. This is for anyone who is in any way connected to education. Well, we're seeing it all throughout the society. This is being pushed. And a lot of it, I got to tell you, I think a lot of people got it just from watching TV. They started, they fell into the trap of mask wearing, social distancing and all this stuff from watching television. And um, as uh, Kate says on Saturday, the idiot's lantern. I kind of, I kind of like that term. Um, but, hadn't heard that one. <laughs> but that's, that's what they, that's, I think that's where a lot of this has already conditioned the people. They don't call it programming for nothing, people. It's already conditioned the people to act a certain way, be fearful, um, not walk in faith, trusting that God protects those who hide themselves in him and his son, the Lord Jesus. They, they, don't, they don't do that. They, they buy into the world's mentality of fear, and that fear equals control. If you are a fearful person, the only thing you're called to fear is God. That's it. And some people will say, well, you're talking religion now and this, that, and the other, so you're talking to control. Well, wait a minute. I'm not trying to control you. God says these things. And at every turn, God has been proven to be faithful and true in what he says. There, I have, people have mocked the Bible. They've taken it to task. And every, and in every turn, it's, it's been proven, whether it's archaeology, whether it's science or whatever it is, it's been proven to be true. And so God is faithful in those things if people would take him at his word and would obey him. But people, they love death more than they love life. And that's the real, that's the sad reality. But the call is to repentance. It's always a call to well, repentance. Right. And this particular announcement from both the Department of Education and the CDC, Tim, are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And that is to play upon the the situation at hand. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's a twisted version of the skies falling. It really, really is. Yeah. Uh, Brandon says that uh, he's from Michigan. Uh, they took God out of the school in the early 2000s. You know, Brandon, they didn't take God out of the schools. 
God, God is everywhere. This, I mean, this is a theological issue. He's everywhere. He's in there letting the judgment fall in those schools because the people want to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. That's really what's going on. We need to understand that. God is still there. He's still making sure that his judgments are there. He's known by those judgments. And sadly, you know what? The parents are letting those things come upon their children. Uh, you read the third commandment, and God talks about bringing it um, from the fathers to the children uh, upon those who hate him, uh, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love him and keep his commandments. So, But it starts in the home. I don't think that we ought to keep it there. We've got to take it out beyond the walls of the church, beyond the walls of the, the home, and that's what we seek here to do at the Sons of Liberty. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the show. we got about uh, two, two and a half minutes or something, Lynn. You, you got any final thoughts that you want to bring out here? And then we're going to have all the resources that you've given to in the archives later this morning. Right. I just wanted to point out that when you access the archive to this show, you're going to find at least 10 articles that um Tim and I have either done shows on or I've written articles and it's been since uh, at least middle of last year to January of this year, where you're going to find article after article about the continued intrusion into education from all angles in the name of COVID. So be sure and look for that. Uh, Make sure you comment on the public, um, information that is in that 26 page document that link will be there as well if you want to find out more about what i do i've been doing it for a long time uh commoncordiva.com is my blog i do have a donate button so if you feel that you would like to financially offset what i do uh that would be more than appreciated if you cannot financially support then please prayer support you can also find me on localactivist.org which is a part of the citizens for free speech which i would urge you to look into you can find me on usa.life mewe twitter Spreely. I'm on Facebook and currently not in jail again. And I'm also on the BNJ, which is Breaking News Journal uh, TV channel on Amazon Fire Stick and Roku Stick. Uh, if you would subscribe to my channel there and help my audience grow there so we can get information like this out. Amen. Amen. And Lynn, as always, we appreciate you joining us on Wednesdays to give this kind of information. This is not information you're going to be reading about. Usually in the mainstream media, you're certainly not going to see it on the Newsmax, One American News. You're not going to see it on Fox. You're not going to see it in your conser- from your conservative talking heads. That's for sure. And that's why I wanted to bring Lynn on. This is important information. It is, an, it is a violation of the Constitution, and it is something you can do something about. And you really, in all honesty... To, to change the tide in education, you don't even need the state. Now, you need to work at the state level to start start shutting it down, but you can do it without the state's approval, without the Fed's approval. You can start doing it at home as God has commanded parents to do, and uh, we want to encourage you to do that. Real quickly, you can catch us on Twitter, Bradley Dean one Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brush Fires. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is Bradley Dean. We're on Before It's News every weekday at 6 and Saturdays at 8. And then also we're on uh, at 3 p.m. with Bradley every weekday and every Saturday. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty and Cutting Edge TV on Roku. Don't forget, tomorrow Al Pisano and Kevin Hayes will be joining me. We're going to be talking about impeaching the North Carolina governor, Roy Cooper. You don't want to miss it. See you.